Hi, this is Pastor Ricky Temple. What does maturity look like? Have you ever seen somebody and you thought, man, that's not very mature. They should look like this, not like that. A lot of people who go to church, who are Bible readers, who are committed in life to being spiritual people, when you get up close, not that mature. In our study today, I want to show you how maturity should look. What should it look like? I'll give you a hint. It should look like you're full of the right things, full of the right attitudes, full of the right ambitions, filled with the Spirit. That's what we're going to talk about today in Acts chapter 2. So get ready. For a lot of people, being filled with the Spirit is about speaking in tongues, and that's it. Once you speak in tongues, you're filled. I want to go past that today. I want to talk about what it means to be a person who's mature and full of God's grace in their life. So stay with us. This is going to be really great. Be back to pray with you at the end, so stay right there. Today, we're going to take a step and we're going to talk about something that I think is really important. It's a series we're in called What, what Maturity Demands. And the goal of the series is to talk about growing up and what it, what it looks like when you grow up. Now, depending on where you're from, you have a lot of different views. And depending on whether you're a religious church person or not, you can have a lot of different ways you define maturity. Some people think maturity is going to work every day, is taking care of your businesses, is paying your bills, it's whatever. They have these very generic uh, definitions of, of maturity that for them clearly define what it means to be a big person, big boy, big girl. In our study, we're going to take it to the book of Acts, and I want to set the stage because, because I know that I didn't grow up in, in church. I didn't grow up hearing the Bible stories. And so I, don't really, I didn't really understand a lot. So let me, if I can, before I read anything in Acts chapter 2, let me set the stage. In the Bible, the, the, the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John describes the life of Jesus. Okay? In the book of Acts, you have a book of history. And in the book of Acts, there's this summary of what happened after Jesus died, what happened after his resurrection. Because the Christian faith, we believe that Jesus died, but we believe he rose on the third day. And, and in that period after he rose, he called together his 12 disciples, and these 12 disciples were then given an assignment. Their assignment was to, to go to Jerusalem and wait, and he promised them something. He said, you will be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, what that means in simple language is God's presence would come in their life in a new way. They would become filled. And I'm going to illustrate this for you in just a little bit. I have a special little treat I'm going to share with you that will explain that more in more detail. But anyway, in Acts chapter 2, we're going to read a verse to you. And basically, you're going to see, he says you're going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And what's going to happen is you're going to start speaking in, in other languages. There's this great story in the book of Acts chapter 2 where he said that when the Holy Spirit fell on them, that they began, there were people from all over the world, and they began to praise God in their own language. It was a very powerful moment of, of this language-speaking, worshipful experience. So he said, you're going to find yourselves all gathered. God's presence is going to come in your life in a new way, and you're going to all be speaking in a language, a common language, even though you're from different places, and it's all going to be worship to God. Praise, worship, prayer, and all that. That's the essence of what Acts chapter 2 is going to say. So let me read it for you, and I want you to look for this. It's going to show you God's definition of maturity, God's definition of growth, God's desire for us. It's going to give you a picture of what maturity looks like. And so hear this and, and, uh, and follow me along. Acts chapter 2, verse 4. All of them were filled. All those who were gathered were filled with the Holy Spirit. And then they began to speak in other languages, tongues, as the Spirit enabled them. So here are all these people gathered. They start worshiping together, and they, begin, they become filled. And I'll talk about that again in a minute. Verse 17. 
Here's a prophecy. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. This experience was not just a male experience. Now, what's interesting for guys, I always say that, you know, if, you're, if a guy's reading the Bible, he tends to land it with a guy mindset. And a woman, if you're not careful, a woman's mindset, an American mindset, an Indonesian mindset. Wherever you're from, you tend to land the plane with your own cultural mindset. Here's what God said. In those days when I pour out my spirit and I, and I, I come into the world and I fill people with my presence, what's going to happen is they're going to be touched. There's going to be a touch for everybody. He said in verse 17, your sons and daughters, hear that sons, not just sons and daughters will prophesy. And the word prophesy means to preach, teach, proclaim. They'll both do it. Then he goes on and says, your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Not just about the young. The young aren't going to be the only one carrying the torch. He said there'll be older men that will carry the torch as well. So I love the fact that he crosses gender lines, he crosses um, generational lines and says everybody's going to be in on this. That's what it's going to look like. Now, again, some people view it this way. Some people think it's all about speaking in tongues. That's all they hear. And they spend a lot of time on that. Pastor Rick, do you believe in that? Yeah, I, I believe in it. It's in the Bible. Why not? I believe in it. Absolutely. But it's more than that. It's, it's beyond just speaking in tongues. Secondly, I believe some people think it's all about this verse, Acts chapter 2, verse 4, being filled with the Spirit. It's all about some kind of superhuman power that you get. So when you get the Spirit of God, you get the Spirit of Holy, Holy Ghost, however you want to call it, whatever you want to call it, when this, God's presence comes into your life, that this was a prophecy that there were going to be super people. They were going to have superpowers, and they were going to be amazing. Okay, I understand, I understand. And I'm not saying that doesn't happen, that there is, there's, it's just biblical. The words that are used describe that you're going to have a super, um, <laughs> let me say it another way, you're going to have an extremely, uh, come on, get it out, Pastor Rick. You're going to be more enabled. The words that are used, dunamis is one of the words that's used later on. You shall receive power, Acts 1 and 8, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, the word dunamis. The idea of there's this, this explosive dynamic that's going to happen in your life. Ability is going to be, you're going to have the ability to say no to stuff you couldn't say no to before. That's a promise. But you don't become Superman. You can't fly. So God's presence is going to fill you. You're going to be filled with the Spirit. You're going to have more ability. And then lastly, this is more than about religious habits. Some people think it's about tongues. Some people think it's all about superhuman power. And some people think it's all about religious habits. In other words, now when the Spirit of God comes into your life, you're going to church more often. When the Spirit of God comes into your life, you're going to sing more gospel songs. You're going to dance more. You're going to worship more. That's easy. Let me just be clear. That's easy. I mean, I, I mean, please be clear. Um, being filled with the Spirit is not what you think. And what I want to do is take you back in time to 2011. I did a special sermon. Uh, I look a little bit younger, uh, but I want you to go back and um, take you on a road. I rarely do this, but I want to show you a clip where I did an illustration explaining what it means to be filled with the Spirit. So watch this. I'll be back to finish this off. Don't miss this clip. This is really good. 2011. <laughs> filled with the Spirit. This is what people tell you. Being filled with the Spirit is like you get a little bit of God. You know, you just pour it. There you go. Read the Bible verse. They got some God. Cuss. There you go. Got started all over again. Start <laughs> all over. He gone. He left Utah. You said that word. It's out. 
Got to start all over. And that's how some of you, you live your life. You're trying to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Oh, sing a song. There you go. I got something that time. I got it. Oh, I got it. Oh, that was a good service. See, this is you. And your whole life is you're trying to, you're trying to get filled. You don't know what it means. Some people, and I, you know, I believe in speaking in tongues. I'm Pentecostal in my doctrine. I believe in that. But, but for some people, they think that's all it is. They get real confused by that. And I, I think we've done a bad job of explaining it to people. What does it mean to be filled? Well, it's kind of like this. It's like Jesus all the way to the brim with God. It's like, okay, filled. You ever been just tired of somebody abusing you? And you say, I'm full of this, boy. I'm full of this, boy. He ain't taking no more. You see what I'm saying? This is the end of that. I'm tilted. Ah, watch it, watch it, watch it, watch it, watch it. No word to dry. <laughs> Some of you get a heel back, wetting up the pulpit. You ain't seen me work yet. Watch me. But the point is, you just, does this fail? When, you, you know, when you're filled, you walk with a little more caution. You're filled. But in reality, I think it's, it's more than just that. Being filled is kind of like this. It's kind of like it's overflowing, people. You know what I'm saying? It's so much of his presence in your life that it, it doesn't just, it's just not a dip or a drip. It's a whole lot of him, his thoughts, his ways, his views. It's what helps you deal with temptation. There's no room for anything else. There's a reason why you're, so, you're struggling. He tells the disciples, listen, I really have some great plans for you guys, but I've got to fill you first. Because if I don't fill you, you won't be able to really function. Running at half mass doesn't get you there. Are you filled? When a musician sings, they're filled music. So I don't need the words or the music. They feel the beat. When God is really strong in your life and you allow him to fill you with his presence. And that's really what it's about. I really think we've really watered down what it means and we've cheapened what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit or to be baptized in his presence. Baptism, the word baptizo means to dip and to hold under. It's, it's being immersed in him. So much so that there's no room for a lot of other stuff. And it doesn't mean that you're, it doesn't mean that you're just some kind of weird person. Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Those people are not full. I mean, they're like this. I'm telling you right now. All those people who talk about Jesus all the time, they're always really weird acting. They're like this. That's not being filled. Being weird is not being filled. Being narrow-minded is not being filled. Many times, let me tell you what I think that is. It's a reaction to your own sin. You're so afraid somebody's going to discover the real you. You have to hype up to hide. I found they're the first to fall. I've been pastoring for 29 years, trust me. They're the first to fall. The loudest person who comes to me and tells me, I'm here, pastor, for God to use me. I want God to use me. I'm telling you, I'm going to be with you to the end. I said, fine. I start counting four. Three. Do you want to know who's going to really be used? It's the quiet person who shows up. Your passions for life are seen in your daily habits. Your passion for God is seen in your pursuit of God. My soul hungereth 
followeth hard after thee. Early in the morning I will rise up and seek thee because I know thou hast been my help and in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. I'm in the shadows, but I'm a ninja. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm bad. You don't know I'm bad. Well, I, I pray you got that. That, that is just absolutely phenomenal. I, I just love that. I love that clip. I love that sermon. Um, and, and we're going to put it online so you can see the whole thing. Um, it, it's just absolutely wonderful. Um, and I, I, like, I like the idea that a person can encounter God in a way that is complete and total. And that's what this is about, being filled with the Spirit. And so I, I, I want you to think with me, though, and take another step, now that you understand that part. And I want to talk about 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1 through 4, because in this text, Paul illustrates being filled too. And Paul describes what it means to be a person who has who is surrendered himself to God and has allowed himself to be completely influenced by God's presence in his life. And there are four things, three things rather, that he says that I, I, I describe, that, that he uses to describe the immature. So you want to be the opposite of what he says in chapter 3, verse 1. He says, brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ. So I want you to notice the first thing Paul says, immature people are people you can't speak to. You, you can't talk to them. There's, there's no way to communicate with them. Are you like that is the question. Maturity looks like this. We're having a conversation. This is not easy, but you can handle that. Here's what he said. They cannot be honestly spoken to. I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit. What can God not say to you? Who can't God send to speak to you? Here's what I think is interesting. You're asking God for things that can never happen because people can't talk to you. Maturity <laughs> requires this ability. Immature people can't do it. When you're filled with the Spirit, it's not just dancing around a church speaking in tongues. That's easy. Be clear, that's easy. What's hard is listening. Paul said immature people who can't listen. So who can't God send in your life? So you want to go into business, but God can't send the people that's really going to help you do the business. They're going to make you do your accounting right. They're going to look at your taxes. They're going to, make you, they're going to look at the way you spend. They're going to look at your habits. You can't, you can't be what you dream to be because you won't let those people in your life. I don't want nobody telling me what to do. There you go. That's broke. That's what a broke person says. If you really want opportunity, someone has to be in your life. I get it. I have accountants in my life. I have lawyers in my life. I have people in my life. I have staff. Oh, staff. Oh, they're so smart. And they help me. Do you allow people in your life? Do you solicit advice? Immature people don't. You can't speak to them. That's why they can't have what they dream of. Number two, uh, immature people, they are unprepared for mature conversations. Verse Verse two, I gave you milk, not solid food, 
for you were not ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. This is in verse 2 of 1 Corinthians chapter 3. The key word there is ready. When you are a child and you are corrected and adjusted and given guidance and, you know, made to go to school on time, do your homework on time, clean up behind yourself, those things are getting you ready for your own business. It's the small things you do that get you ready. It's like in college, you know, you have prerequisites. You got to take algebra one before you take algebra two. You got to take algebra three before you take algebra four. You have this called preparation. Sometimes you're asking for things but you're not ready for that. You're not mature enough. There's no way if God loves you that he'd give it to you. If God really cared about you, if God really wanted you to advance, if God really wanted you to be safe, he'd go, ah, ah, can't, ah, can't do that. Mm-mm, no, can't give them a business as a million dollar business because if I, they're not ready for a million dollar business because they can't manage $10,000. There's no way that I could ever advance them. They're not ready for it. Here's the question. What are you ready for? Here's how we know you're ready. You look like you're ready. I just listen to you. You don't have to be right all the time. You don't have to always win the argument. You want to be married. You're not ready for marriage. How could you be ready for marriage? How could you be ready for marriage? Help me. You you don't want anyone anyone advising you. You don't like any kind of supervision. You want to kill a relationship? I'll tell you how you do it. Ready? This is a clue. You're you're going out with somebody, and you you look at him and go, oh, she's so beautiful, and he's so handsome. Here's what you do. Ask him their FICO score. That's it right there. My what? My FICO score. My score. My score. My, yeah, what's your number? Yeah. How much debt are you in? Those, that killer relationship. Down. Here's the deal. If you're mature and you're okay and you don't, you're transparent and you want to, I want you to marry me. I want to come live with you. I don't even know your FICO score. I don't even know what you, I don't know, I don't know who you owe. I don't know anything about you. I don't know. What, what, was, the, what was the last relationship you were in and why did it break up? Okay, so you, here's the deal. No one, you're not ready for any kind of conversation that's personal. Therefore, why would you want to be married? You want to live your own life? Why would you want to be married? I say you're not ready. You want to start your own business, but you're late to the job you're on. You're not ready. You have an attitude already. How in the world is it possible for God to bless you and prosper you? You're not ready. Here's my plan in life. Get ready. At my age, right now, I'm getting ready for the next 10 years of opportunity and blessing for me. At 63, I'm praying for opportunities between now and 73. Some of you are looking to sit in a rocking chair and, and die, not me. From 63 to 73, I am looking to prepare myself for new opportunities and new, new, uh, new gifts from God's grace. That's what I want, new gifts, God. I want new things in my life. Paul said, you're not mature. You're not ready. Can't be spoken to. You're not prepared. Thirdly, watch this. You have issues. Verse, verse nine, 3. You're still worldly, which basically means the, you're not godly. You're not influenced by God. You're more influenced by the world around you. So if they're doing this, you're doing it. If they smoke this, you smoke it. If they get high, you get high. He said you're worldly. They are your influencers. You are your, you're worldly. And this is, by the way, to church people. This is to people who are going to church. The Corinthians were big church people. First Corinthians 3, big church people, big religious people. He said you're worldly. For since there is, here's how you know it, jealousy and quarreling among you, always fighting. You, you just act like worldly people who just don't have a heavenly connection. And Paul says, that, my friend, is not healthy. That's a sign. Here's a fourth one, a bonus. 
not only that, he said, not only are you worldly, not only are you people who you're always into it, there's always some tension, there's always some strife. I, I, don't, I don't know why anybody would want to go to church and, and fight people. Why would anybody want to be around people that where there's always this environment? Some, some of your homes are like this. Some of your marriages, it's, just, it's, it's always a fight. That's a sign of immaturity. Maturity doesn't look like that. If you're mad every week, every day, all the time, what is that? It's immaturity. That's what it is. You know how you really see it? Go on vacation. You're not used to being together. You get together, fight. That's why during the pandemic, people were fighting all the time because, because now the real you comes up. Fourth thing he says, and it's final bonus here, he says, verse 4, for one says, I'm, I'm, I follow Paul. Another says, I follow Apollos. Are you not mere human beings? Everybody's just a person. Here's the fourth thing. They're overly influenced by personalities. So if you're taking notes, here we go. Number one, they cannot be honestly spoken to. That's a sign of immaturity. They're unprepared for mature conversations. They're not ready for anything mature. Number three, they're filled with jealousy and quarreling, always in a fight. And then number four, they're influenced by personalities. I understand the value of a personality. You know, there's a great statement in the book of Genesis 12. He said to Abraham in chapter 12, chapter 13, he says, I'll make your name great. He told Abraham, I'm going to make your name great. Greatness is a gift. It's an opportunity. You know, God says, I want, I want, I want people to know who you are. I want to brag about you. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. The problem is when you do what they did, they were, they were not willing to listen to anybody that was from the other side of the aisle. I'm a Paul. I only listen to Paul. Paul's the only one I want to hear. I don't hear anything anybody else got to say. If he's not Paul, forget it. Then some people say, no, I'm of Apollos. Now, Apollos is another preacher, right? Very eloquent guy describing the book of Acts as being eloquent, great speaker, great communicator. And so people were saying, ah, man, I'm, I'm an Apollos follower. I think he's mentioned in Acts 18 or so. Tremendous communicator. But if you're not careful... You, you spend your life chasing after personalities that you don't know. You don't even know these people. I am happy that I get a chance to share to thousands and thousands of people. It's wonderful. But I need to be clear that, like he said, I'm a mere human. That's what he said in 1 Corinthians 3. You're just a, I'm just a guy. A guy with a calling, right? But I don't need people following me as if I'm some God. That's not healthy. I, I need to have a role, and I think it's good. You can have people you admire. There's nothing wrong with admiring people. But there's a lot wrong with admiring people so much that you begin to become so dependent on them, you can't think. And I really believe sometimes in religious environments, we do that to people. My greatest gift to you is I help you think better. I help you mature. You should look better. You should sound better. It should be obvious. I love the statement they, were made, they made about the disciples in Acts chapter 4. The, the, after they heard, you know, the disciples speak and stand up, you know, they said, um, we can tell they've been with Jesus the way they communicate. They hadn't gone to school. 
they didn't have a degree, but they were incredibly good at communicating. You, you need to look around you and say, am I personality driven? Am I following after people and living through them? I have my, I, I, it's like I don't have my own mind. That's not maturity. And maturity is not being the kind of person you have so much of your own mind that you can't listen to anybody. That's not maturity either. Maturity looks good on you. And maturity is something that's demanded if you want to live in this new world. You cannot live in this new world and not face the truth. Grow up. It's time to change. You can't be the way you've been if you want to get to the place you dream to be. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray for those today who've heard this message. I pray that what I have said has spoken life to them. May they embrace it, may they consider it, and may it bring life to them. I also pray for those who don't know you as Savior, never given their lives to Jesus. May this be the moment of breakthrough for them, a moment of healing, a moment of restoration. I ask you, Lord God, to be present in their life today. Grace, healing, and strength. May they come to you today and say, I surrender my life to Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, I hope it helped you see what maturity looks like today. It's not just dancing in church. It's not just speaking in tongues. It's not just any of the things that you may think define spirituality. It really is about an up-close look at your character. It's can people talk to you? It's can you hear a hard conversation when you need to hear one? Maturity is really the front door to opportunity. So I want to pray for you today. Father, let this be a moment when this message that they've heard inspires them to grow up. We have to become mature people to receive the best you have for us in life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for being with us today on demand. We love having you with us because on demand, the word of God is in your hand. You can get there when you want to and you can listen to it when you please. So tell a friend if you liked it, link it and send it to a friend. Someone that may need this message, it might be a blessing to them. See you next time. I have more to talk about what maturity looks like. Stay with me. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.